0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Tiffany is currently away, even though I am still in Rome, but I'm here with uh, two of our friends, our listeners to the show, our guests on the Bittersweet Life trip, Lindy and Vince. And you two are the brave souls that were like, let's be on the show. Why not? I really appreciate it. So thanks for coming on.
1: You're very welcome. Good to be here. Yeah, thank
0: you for hosting. Okay, so I want to get a little background on you guys. I mean, part of the reason why I thought you were naturals also to be on the show is you are actually currently expats, and the idea of the expat is where the show actually began. So maybe can you, one of you tell us the journey to becoming expats and where you've been?
1: Yeah, happy to. Well, Lindy and I met in undergrad university over 20 years ago, and at the time we started dating... You know, we had been, for more than half of our our dating, we were long distance, so we got used to traveling and that was part of our relationship. But the real credit goes to Lindy because she had been traveling growing up and I hadn't given it a second thought, but I was in business. And so we just started, as we grew as a couple, we sort of became interested in travel. And I think Lindy always had in the back of her mind wanting to live abroad. And as I kept working, you know, I saw that 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 could be a possibility. So it was really credit to Lindy and her upbringing, having that as an interest, and then us deciding when we got married and what happened after, you know, that that would be a a shared goal of ours.
2: I had been interested in living abroad for a while, and I actually started my career in study abroad, thinking that that could potentially be an avenue, but really we found that it was Vince's career that led to the opportunity. So I think I had the desire And Vince had the means, if you will. And it's always interesting because when people ask me, well, how do you like living wherever we're living, thinking that I'm the trailing spouse. Trailing spouse, a lot of us do not like that term. Uh, But thinking that I'm the trailing spouse, and I have to say, well, I'm kind of the one who really wanted to live abroad. So I think that's a little bit different from other people's experience where they feel like they just got uprooted and have to deal with their new situation. Yeah. As
0: a trailing spouse, quote unquote myself, I've never really loved that as a term. You know, it is it's just sort of like, Oh, this person is doing something and you're you know you're just you're there. You're there because you have no other choice unless you want to leave this person. So where were you uh, where did you actually grow up as kids?
1: Well, we both grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Ohio and, and Lindy in Michigan. Yeah, that's where we grew up and we met at a university in Ohio.
0: And he was saying, uh, Lindy, that you traveled as a kid, so like travel gets put into your mind very early on. Do you remember where was like some of the first places, or the first place that made an impression on you as a kid? Because sometimes kids don't give uh, care in the world to where their parents take them or try to expose them to, you know? It almost, Tiffany and I have been talking about that a lot, about how sometimes it just washes over you. The first time you see it. something as a kid, you're like, where am I, who am I, and when can I go back to my house and play with the toys I left
2: behind? So was there a, a turning point for you, do you think, growing up? I don't think there was a turning point. Our version of travel when I was younger is we had a camper and so we would actually go for two weeks and just drive throughout the you know we're Midwesterners so we do driving trips like road trips through the US it's kind of a stereotype Um, but we would do two week-long camping trips throughout different areas of the country I saw the Grand Canyon when I was little and again coming from where we're coming from a lot of people don't see that until they're older so I think there was no moment but it was just something I enjoyed throughout my life just seeing different areas of the country and we always joke that you know my dad took us to like every single fort from here to (laughs) like every coast so we stopped at a lot of forts that was a joke in the family but yeah it's just kind of amazing we the U.S. is a very beautiful country in a lot of places and so it's really interesting to see something that's different from the street you live on Mm -hmm. and I lived in the same house my whole life from zero to when I went to college and so it was just interesting to see different things yeah
1: and those those families lindy's talking about who maybe didn't always have those opportunities that was sort of what my family was you know to us making our once a year pilgrimage to cedar point the world's best amusement park was like our big thing and you know i was uh my brother and i were you know sons of two hard-working teachers and you don't aspire for what you can't see and that's not a good or bad thing it's just a reality so My turning point was more when I started traveling as a result of school or with Lindy as a young adult, and that's when I started to get that kind of bug, mainly driven by different perspectives and things you just don't get a chance to see. At the same time, though, I'd also offer that, you know, when I was 25, I went to Messina, Sicily with my brother, and we met family, our grandmother's cousin, and we, we met there, and that was an interesting moment because my relatives who lived there had been to the Grand Canyon and Las Vegas, but I had not. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was an interesting uh, insight when I, when I learned that.
0: Yeah. Just since you mentioned before we started taping that you are an identical twin, I mean, when you think about identical twins, like I guess people have lots of assumptions about what it's like to be a twin because we don't really know so we just assume like you guys are very close you can read each other's thoughts people get you confused all the time you could be like misconstrued maybe it's hard to be more of an individual I mean those are a lot of the stereotypes that you hear what do you think is the reality of being a twin and it doesn't have anything to do with you wanting to live on the other side of the world
1: (laughs) yeah it does not have anything to do with that No, in fact, you know, I love living uh, away, but one of the hardest parts is being away from my twin because he's my other best friend. And, uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of those stereotypes are true. I think, um, you know, I have a, a lot of colleagues and friends who have twins, twin children, and I always tell them that it could be the greatest thing ever for your family. It also be the hardest thing you ever do, because you're taking care of two kids at once, which which my mom did for so many years. But it is in maybe in your preteens and teens, you love the comfort of having someone who knows what your experience is and going through that together. But you're also looking for little bits and slices that are unique parts of your own identity. And so, to me, it's been I've been able to have the best of all worlds because I get to have that uh, friend and camaraderie, but also. Find, you find your unique ways along the way to to be different, and then obviously as adults you grow really different, but you maintain some of the same values that you grew up with.
0: And so of course there's always questions about the the spouse of the identical twin too. What would be the assumptions? I'm going to make some stuff up. Assumption that you know it's hard for you to tell your husband and your and his brother apart for a while, or people look at you strange or like you'll never be as good a friend as his brother is I guess is another stereotype like his brother is his best friend and you're you know you're his wife and he likes you and of course you're a good (laughs) friend but you'll never be as good a friend as the person that shared the womb with him so what is the reality of being (laughs) the wife of a twin
2: well I have not ever had trouble telling them apart Um, maybe I had some training I actually went to high school with I had like six sets of twins in my class which I think is very unusual but I never had trouble telling them apart although some people do and I can't really understand it. I think people who don't know them very well but to me they're just so different. Sometimes when Vince laughs I hear Nick, (laughs) so I would say that's the only time that really I'm like, wow, you just sounded like Nick, and maybe Nick sounds like Vince when he laughs, but they have the same laugh, so I think that's the only time where I'm really like shocked by it, this is so bizarre. I've never really had the thought, I think it's really special, I think uh, Vince and his brother have a really special relationship, and I've always appreciated that, so I have never really felt that kind of competition with Nick I've never felt like I had to compete to be Vince's best friend I think that you can have special relationships that are just different from each other but still really important Mm
0: -hmm. all right so let's talk about when you finally do go abroad you both end up having this as your central mission perhaps or not maybe central I'm sure you have plenty of missions together but one of them a shared goal Shared goal that's a better way to put it thank you yeah long week of tours my brain is also (laughs) shot even though I wasn't the one talking so where do you end up going, and how does it happen?
1: Well, we had, once it became a shared goal, so I work for a pretty big global marketing company of consumer healthcare brands, and I had seen friends kind of go abroad, not in almost like a rotation as a way to enhance your skills if you work in a different country, different retail environment, a regulatory landscape. It's a way to learn. So I started those conversations with my mentors and and bosses and friends at work just to kind of create that. And then, you know, I had a couple people that helped me make a job in Singapore happen. And um, I guess the most interesting part of that was that we committed to go there together without ever having visited the country, which was probably maybe the, um, it left us with a bit of discovery to do when we got there, but also made it maybe seem like a Uh, even more exciting adventure than already moving across the world. Mm -hmm. So we went to Singapore in 2018.
0: Was Singapore what they were offering? Or like maybe we want to go to Asia? I mean, did you have any like goals in mind?
2: I would say we were pretty open in terms of where we could go. I mean, I think, and Vince can talk about this a little further, but there are only certain spots that his company would be a possibility with his company. So we knew Singapore was... An option we weren't necessarily targeting to get to Singapore, but we were certainly open to the opportunity. Yeah,
1: and and Europe was on the list too. And at that point, it's you know because we didn't and still don't at the time have kids, it made it a bit more um, you know you could leave that open. You know the brief was wide open, and so I think Europe and and Asia were on the list, mm-hmm. and I think the what we were going for was not any one particular place that had the best food or weather. It was more what would give us a different experience together that was different than what we were having on the east coast of the United States, which was also a great Mm -hmm. experience.
0: I've been thinking about some of these things since we've been in Rome this week, and I lived here. My expat experience was in this particular city, and now I've spent so much time here that There are things that they do that I really like here, and there are things that they do that I can't stand here, which I'm sure is the case with any country. There's stuff that you're like, why do they do this this way? I I much prefer it the way they do it back home. And then sometimes there's things that they do back home that are irritating that they do better here. Is there anything like that though for you in Singapore where you thought, I really like how life is done in this particular way, or
2: definitely I prefer how it's done somewhere else? A lot of the bureaucracy actually was so easy in Singapore and quick. So they tell you something would be ready in five days and it would be ready in two days. They kind of under-promise and over-deliver. That was really interesting. I think that it just runs very smoothly as a country. Uh, everything is so clean, pretty efficient, safe. We say, and we haven't gotten to this point, point yet. You don't know this about us, but we're in Switzerland right now. We say that Singapore and Switzerland have kind of spoiled us because things just run so well. It's clean, it's safe. I don't, it'll be hard to move to some other countries if we do ever decide to move to other countries. We've been a little bit spoiled in that sense. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. yeah, And just to build on Lindy's thought, you know, one of the things I saw that, that bureaucracy meet the value of valuing the collective when we experienced COVID in Singapore Mm -hmm. because the degree of technology, caring for the collective, making swift action communicated across a country of almost six million. It was interesting to see that at work. I also really, one of the things I, I valued was the diversity that exists in Singapore and its history. The government like some and maybe unlike others, is more open about racial harmony as a goal or ethnic harmony as a goal, and so having that be a part of living in Singapore and being able to see that was fascinating to me. I think it's a it's a unique place for that reason as well.
2: I think that there are probably a lot of people who have lived in Singapore, do live in Singapore, who you know could really spend hours talking about whether that goal is being met, but at least the fact that there is a goal and that government and leaders are thinking about it and it's interesting it's i think yeah
0: so since this is a podcast and i've never been to singapore and i'm curious as you talk about it we're sitting outside in rome what's the dominant sound traffic of course or sometimes the birds tell me like a sound or two like a siren over there what's a sound or two that you would hear all the time in singapore
1: the javan mina the javan mina is a bird that's Local to Southeast Asia, and they really are urban birds. They can live off anything in, you know, trash can, street, whatever. Uh, they like to make their presence known. So if you're working from home or sitting on a, a nice uh, set of steps like this, you can almost guarantee you'll hear one in <laughs> Singapore. And that was a a noise that at first uh, I did not like, and it took adjusting to. Eventually, we reached, you know, we reached a place of common understanding. <laughs> so.
0: Is there any way to describe or imitate what that would sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I heard a little bit from uh, Lindy. How, how was it?
1: It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: it. That's the
1: Jamavina.
0: Very, very nice. Uh, would you say, is there another sound that you would say is uh, a dominant sound? Traffic is a dominant sound almost everywhere now in the world, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I- Certainly traffic, but Singapore actually has reduced their car traffic. It's very expensive to own a car, and you have to have a particular license, I think, in order to own a car, and only a certain number of those are given out, and it's very expensive. So in terms of traffic, you hear traffic, but it's not the congestion, not the honking like you hear so much in Rome. Um, Oftentimes, you'd hear jets, flying over I would say that's kind of something like they when they were doing practices for their national day there was always jets flying over and various other times of the year I feel like the sound of uh, jets we often heard. Yeah.
1: The only other one I would add is the best way to get a meal in Singapore is to go to a hawker stand and they're everywhere and I think the sounds of a hawker market the sort of melamine or plastic bowls folding together, the chatter that you might find in a cafe, kind of all collide, uh, and multiple languages being spoken all kind of collide. Uh, that That's a sound that sticks with me.
0: Okay, so I think you said you moved there in 2018. Uh, how long did you end up staying?
2: Three and a half years.
0: And why did you decide to move on at that point?
1: We had enjoyed living there for a year and a half before COVID hit, and I think during the you know, the lockdowns related to COVID, you know, you realize how many options are not at your disposal, whether that's um, traveling to see your own family or traveling in the region, uh, which was, you know, my job took me to many of the other countries in Asia Pacific. And that professional travel as well as personal travel was a part of being there as well. And so after three years, it was sort of, you you start to pick your head up and look around and say, okay, where's this pandemic going? Where are we going? You know, do we want to go back to the US or not? And I think we are always looking at the other countries or continents where you know we could keep the adventure rolling.
2: It was still hard to leave. We both really liked Singapore, and there was a lot to like about living there. So it's not like we were really, we weren't running away from something. I think it was more moving toward something else. And I think the time had come in Vince's work that you were ready for a new role, so that was another big thing, and the next role was more than likely outside of Singapore versus staying in Singapore, so that was a driver as well. Okay, so now you're
0: in Zurich, Switzerland, and how long has it been?
1: Uh, A little over a year and a half.
0: And what do you think so far?
1: I mean, I I think we both love it. I think the transition of living in a new country became a little easier the second time around because we had been through it together as a couple. Lindy mentioned she grew up traveling around the country in a camper van. We both love to be outdoors, and there aren't many places better if you like uh, hiking or being outdoors. So that's been really um, wonderful to have that experience together. And obviously, you know, for me personally, to continue to work in... uh, Global marketing enables me to keep working with people from different cultures and ethnicities around the world, too. So that's been great.
2: It's interesting. First of all, I love Zurich. I think it's a great place to live. Switzerland is beautiful, as Vince said. It's interesting because I think coming from the U.S. and um, we are both of European ancestry, not of Asian ancestry. I think people assume that it would be easier to adjust to living in Switzerland and in reality, you know, it's, it's just kind of different. So it was, in Singapore, English is an official language and so it was not as complicated and we could communicate, whereas in Switzerland, there are four official languages. English is not one of them. And so, you know, the language is harder actually living in Switzerland. And with the time difference, you know, we're closer. So people assume that's easier. And really in Switzerland, it was a 12-hour difference. So you always knew that there were two points of the day that you could, as our families in the, you know, eastern time zone so there was always two points in the day where you knew you could communicate with your family members and being six hours it's actually a lot more challenging so it's interesting the assumptions i think that people make because you're moving to asia versus moving to europe but in some ways switzerland was a little bit more difficult
0: do you have a plan of like how long you're going to stay or are we playing it by ear right now what's happening
1: we're playing it by ear
0: Do you have a long term goal? Like, you know, obviously we know Tiffany is very specific come to Rome, stay in Rome, live here for the rest of your life. Uh, Do you think let's keep this train rolling for as long as we can and then we'll go home? Or how are you feeling right now, this many years in?
2: No plan. (laughs)
1: It's it's a it's a good question i i like how you laid out the menu of options there katie i mean i think it's more you know it's not it's not something we don't discuss but it is more maybe there's an insight here but for us it's more about creating and enjoying the experiences as much as we can sometimes that's travel sometimes that's learning discovery work advancement you know it could be all of those things uh cultural learning you know so i think it's keep the train going as long as we can. But you know, as Lindy alluded, we've got family that we love staying connected with. And that's always a factor, but it's one of many factors. Um, So I think it's keep it going as as long as we can.
2: I do think you never know where life will take you. So I don't really like to say, I I don't know where I'll be in five years because you just don't know where life will take you.
0: Very true.
2: All right. So one final question. Why did you want to come to Rome? I specifically wanted to come on this trip. I had been to Rome a little over 20 years ago, so I have kind of seen the big sights. I was lucky to come here with my sister. It was a great trip, but I wanted to come on this trip because I knew this would be a way to see Rome that was not just the big sights, and I think it's really unique to be able to travel with someone who has lived here for 19 years who has such inside knowledge was is a tour guide and Katie of course lived here for such a long for a year and then also has come back many times as well so I think it's just a unique opportunity to be able to be in a city and get just some brief glimpses of what makes it special from someone who lives here and all the little secret things and places you would probably never pop into as a tourist who's only here for a few days. So, um, you know, getting to spend almost a week here and really feeling like you get to know the city more than just the big sites and move on. So before I
0: get your answer, Vince, let me ask you this. Maybe it would be impossible. If your expat experience were to lead to Rome, would you say yes to it or not?
2: I, 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 I would think (laughs) <laughs> this is not a judgment on on Tiffany's yes. tour no. tour guide abilities. No, <laughs> or no. what you've seen. I think it's the brilliance of Tiffany's touring abilities because I think it is large. It's crowded in many areas. It's trafficy. It's loud, as Katie always says. It's <laughs> got a, a bit of chaos to it. So certainly there are moments where I think. I don't think I could ever live here, and then you have Tiffany and Katie who are showing you these amazing things and finding little pockets areas where it's not quite as crowded and touristy, and then you think, hmm, could I live here? So I don't know that I have a definitive answer on whether I would live here or not. I like to keep things open, so perhaps it's not really a surprising answer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm turning to you now. There's two questions now on the table.
1: I got them. Okay. I got them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Reiterate. Yeah. I mean, okay. you re- you <laughs> yeah, I mean the. Actually, I forgot the first one because. Why, I was why did, I did was
0: you want to come say, to Rome?
1: Yeah. Well, it, I have to say this was an easy one to say yes to for a couple of reasons. One, um, I am fifty percent Italian American, and you know grew up with strong identification towards that culture. Yet I'd not spent more than an evening in Rome on my way somewhere else. And so I always had that in the back of my mind. But it was also easy to say yes because Lindy listens to several podcasts, but I don't know if there's one that she likes more than The Bittersweet Life. And so I've been able to kind of observe her experiencing the show. And that plus what you guys were offering to do, which is give us a bit of a behind-the-scenes way of seeing this very overwhelming potentially overwhelming city was easy to say yes to so i wanted to come for all the reasons people go on uh, holidays uh to discover to eat great food to see sites particularly history uh, which is of interest to me but it was easy to say yes because it's a way to connect with my uh, heritage and also uh, the show which lindy loves and then the second question was would I
0: would you I, move to Rome
1: well the the cheeky answer is my company's offices are in Milan in Italy but but I'll say, I'll say my, my answer would be yes and that's you know we've been here five days. Rome is a much better city than I anticipated maybe as a marketer it's all about setting my expectations at the right level and then having them met but to me it's just a much greater city than I anticipated, and it's not for lack of learning about it it's just. The layers of history, the breadth of parks and restaurants, the culture that you can tap into, and what is clearly a you know vibrant city with all generations enjoying it. So I think there's a ton to like. Given we're in this era of working from home, I'd have to make sure I didn't get a a home right on some piazza (laughs) that was super busy. But yeah, yeah, I would, I would, and I think Lindy gave the appropriately uh, diplomatic answer. But you know. It's hard to say no to a new experience when you've had such a positive uh, start.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I do have one more question, just, you know, how I am. Mm-hmm. Um, as a longtime listener of the show, do you feel like you will uh, hear the show differently? or experience it differently now that you've actually been sort of like within the show basically for a week? Or maybe you can't answer that until like three weeks from now and I'll call you up and you'll be like, you know,
2: I don't like it anymore. (laughs) I doubt that would be my answer. I don't think so. Will be interesting to see in three weeks if I do feel any differently. But I've always felt like you and Tiffany have created this environment where it's just two friends chatting and throughout the week, I've still felt that way. Obviously, we're meeting in person for the first time, but it does just feel like friends kind of walking through Rome together. So I think you two are very, you know, warm, personable people that sh- that comes through in the show and it's come through during this week. So I don't think it's changed my opinion on it. <laughs> I don't think it will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you for being bold enough to actually appear on the show here. And I, I can say for both Tiffany and me, you two have been a delight to have in the group. So I'm really glad you did come. So are we.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much, Katie. I'm
0: sorry it's almost it's over. It's, I can't even believe it. Like that tonight we'll all say goodbye to each other. It's going to be kind of bittersweet bittersweet that's so true and that is such as life all right well we uh we will leave it there you guys can go grab lunch and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm kitty sewell talk to you soon bye 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 and before you go katie here with tiffany katie back in seattle tiffany in rome and tiffany that was our very last episode recorded during our bittersweet life adventure in rome 2023 i can't believe how fast it went i know it's already over uh So thank you to uh, Lindy and Vince for being our final episode of the trip and not the final episode of the trip in perpetuity, I suppose, because we have decided that we are going to do this trip, a trip as fancy as this one was, next year, uh, October 6th to the 12th of 2024. Registration is currently open right now. Uh, You can get all the information by emailing us bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. And we're offering a holiday discount as a way of maybe this could be, maybe a trip to Rome is a a gift for yourself under your own Christmas tree or under your own Hanukkah candelabrum, whatever it is mm-hmm. that you do. We are offering a discount of $500 off if you book the trip to Rome before the end of the year. That's right. And it is going to be, so, I just can't wait to do it again. It was so much fun and we met so many amazing people and part of me is like, it could never be like that. But then you never know. You never know. You know, it, you know. It, but it's funny that you say that because, of course, the people who went on this trip have been listening back through to these episodes kind of along with us. And uh, as I was putting them together, it was very nostalgic because... You know, it's kind of like reliving the trip. Or as one of our people who came along said, it's like having a mini version recorded of what happened to you. It's like a mini version of what your huge experience was. They said it much more poetically than that. Can't remember now, but but it is very much like that. And they've been saying, oh, sending notes to each other. Oh, it's so nice to listen back in on that time. It was such a good time. And there was a handful of people who had come from around the Seattle region to that uh, trip and they are all planning a get together. No, for oh my I know they're gonna try, they're gonna try to get together as we're recording uh, this coming Friday. So, just because they want to see each there? other again, I am gonna try to be there. Yes, I have a Fine. conflict that hopefully won't run too long that I can't link up with them at the end of their gathering. But yes, I'm planning on going <laughs> if I get out of my other obligation early enough.
1: So, yeah. See, come to Rome and make a whole bunch of new friends.
0: I know. I thought win win. It's so nice (laughs) that, yeah, that everybody wants to stay in touch with each other. It's very sweet. So, we won't go on and on, but we do have, uh, we can send you all the information, the details, the price, everything that's included, and hoping that you'll join us in rome in 2024 and i should mention that we're only offering 10 rooms um, 10 rooms that can take up to two people per room and some of them have already sold so if you're interested send us an email uh, as soon as you can bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm kitty sewell i'm tiffany parks join us again bye